Uh, let's open up our Bible, shall we? Uh, this is probably pretty close to the Christadelphian Bible. <laughs> Galatians chapter 3. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, the veil taken away sort of eyes. Eyes that can see. Um, Galatians chapter 3. This is a little bit of a uh, continuation from Wednesday evening. Um, this, this talk is titled Difference That Matters. Okay? Difference That Matters. So we'll start in Galatians chapter 3 and uh, verse 26. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So there's a, a unity there, or a, similar, like a, a, a similarity there, a sameness. We're all the children of God. Uh, verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So uh, we, the next scripture also highlights some differences, but here um, verse 28 clearly refers to differences, you know, a, a Jew or a Greek, those that are um, uh, descended from Jacob or those that aren't, um, those that follow the law and those that don't, either those that are um, uh, bond, like uh, imprisoned, or those that are free. You know, there's, there's differences there, male or female, that's a difference as well. Um, but it's saying we're all one in Christ Jesus. So it highlights these differences. And I guess Jew or Greek, that comes down to uh, ethnicity. Uh, bond or free comes down to social status. Uh, male or female, that's obvious, the, the, the gender differences there. And, and these are differences that human beings make important um, and... Uh, even some countries, I mean, Australia's the same, don't get me wrong, but uh, we don't see it quite as uh, much. Like class differences in society, for some reason, uh, people have uh, a tendency to create these things, uh, to create difference. Um, and, of course, the male and female one, that's the big one. But it, it's clear here that we're all one in Christ. Uh, we People look at the difference and... Uh, uh, I like to uh, remind people that we're all sons of God. All of us are sons of God. And um, as a result, we're all joint heirs. You know, the sons are the ones in old times that used to get the inheritance. Well, we're all sons of God. Well, say it doesn't matter whether we're male or female. Uh, it says elsewhere that there's no male or female in heaven because it's, it's a spiritual thing. So these aspects, Jew, Greek, bond-free, male, female, they're fleshly things. They're differences in the flesh. Um, but we're all one. And uh, how can we all be descendants of Abraham? You know, that's, that's uh, referring to an ethnicity um, or a genetics. You know, it's a spiritually speaking, we are uh, all descendants of Abraham, whether in the flesh or not. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. 
Colossians chapter 3. Um, yeah, there was obviously a reason why I chose this passage, but as I was reading through it, I thought, gee, it's, uh, it applies, but then I started thinking, well, it was looking like a, a camp theme because <laughs> we had a, a, the theme of our recent camp was uh, verses, um, verse 23, but we won't go that far. We'll uh, start Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. Bearing in mind we're talking about difference that matters so Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, which also comes from a, from a death aspect. Therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time, when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in, in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye." And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So um, what ties in with the previous scripture is uh, um, obviously verse 11, but here it also goes prior to that. It goes uh, through um, how we used to lead our life in the past, um, you know, about uh, the, the, things, the, the things that we got up to, the actions we did. But then what it says in verse 8, Put, put away anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Now, people do that. That's not uh, something that is linked to um, whether we're bond or free, whether we're a Scythian or a barbarian, whether a male or a female. Everyone does that. So, um, or can do that. Now, we are not 
like that in the Lord. The Lord says in verse 12, for us to put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. So there's a difference there. And that difference is what matters. So we're talking about the difference that matters. So those differences that are highlighted in Galatians chapter 3 and also in verse 11 here, they are differences you can see. They are differences in the flesh, uh, differences in the body, differences that belong here on earth. The difference that matters is what's inside that body or how that body acts and what it does, you know. Like the difference that matters is whether you get angry or whether you're kind, whether you have bowels of mercy or whether you have filthy communication, whether you forbear one another or you blaspheme. They are the differences that matter. Um, And an important aspect as well is that... um, um, Yes, verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So the word of Christ uh, to dwell in us, that's the difference that matters, uh, regardless of what we look like. And blimey, people's bodies come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, all sorts of things. Uh, God's given us this body to look after. It's not actually our own. And we drag it through life. And um, we all have all sorts of different things that go on in our body that make us look the way we do. But it turns out God doesn't care about that. That's a difference that doesn't matter. The difference that matters is let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. That's how we step, up, step apart and aside from others. That's how we raise up. Above all that stuff, that's the difference that matters. It's what's in, uh, within us. And, uh, and then like the flow of the actions as well, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, isn't that beautiful? In, through psalms, like worshipping God and just, um, well, funness, I guess, happiness, as we heard in Testimony late, was confronting because um, you don't see that much. Um, and... Um, yes, I understood what you're saying, Trish, but where you do see it, it's chaos. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and likewise, uh, I came from a little bit of a Pentecostal background and uh, waving hands, and I remember once I was at a, a meeting, I was just a teenager, they decided to do the um, Congo line in the middle of the meeting. <laughs> Great fun, but uh, it's not in line with the things of the Scriptures. The Lord wants us to be happy and admonishing one another, teaching, psalms, spiritual songs and so forth. And uh, that's the difference that matters. Um, and verse 17, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the difference that matters. Matthew chapter 25, we read this out on... No, we didn't. Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1. Here we have a parable where uh, people seemed the same. (laughs) 
you know what I mean. So outwardly they seemed the same, but there was a difference. Uh, Matthew 25 and verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So ten virgins on the outward, they appeared the same. Now, these are spiritual virgins. Now, when we refer to spiritual virgins, means that um, they uh, do not uh, go and worship other gods. You know, it seemed like they were spiritual virgins and were not um, uh, committing, um, become, being a harlot to other gods, right? That's what they seemed like. And they all went together to meet the bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ. And verse in verse 2 it says, And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And the oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit, and of course the lamp uh, keeps the light burning. While the bridegroom tarried or um, took his time, They all slumbered and slept, and at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And and this is a warning to us, is to keep our oil topped up praying in the spirit, fellowshipping, doing the work of the Lord to keep that light burning. Because uh, there's uh, times, I mean, all ten of them fell asleep, didn't they? They, uh, they, they? You can be alert for a moment, waiting for Jesus to come back, then you get tired, you, know, you go to sleep, and he comes back when you're not expecting it. So while we're alert, we keep uh, the oil topped up. So these ten people, like I said, seemed to be the same. They, they, were, they seemed... To, uh, to be a part of uh, the church. They seemed to, uh, to be following God's ways on the outside, but they had a different private life. They weren't being topped up in the oil, uh, in the spirit, in private. Um, they were different in that way. So here's this aspect of people that seem the same, but the difference that matters divided them in that five were raised up to dwell with God forever, and five weren't. So this difference that matters really caused a dramatic result, if you know what I mean. Uh, Those that didn't maintain uh, their oil, their private life, uh, away from uh, meetings, and I often say this, I mean, when we're here uh, in a church group, we're among people that are like-minded, um, and we're, we're all, like we're in a social scene. You know, it's uh, where where it matters and counts is when you're at home. <laughs> you know, uh, where people when you, where you aren't around those that um, that 
like or in a a wait a, a situation where you're together here alert but when you're at home or at work or whatever amongst other people that all matters and uh, that's their testimony keeping that oil uh topped up and the flame burning and um and the uh, to, to keep the, the spirit alive and uh, so that we are alert when Jesus comes back. You know, that's the, um, that's the difference that matters. Back to uh, chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. More of what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. So Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. And we, we read back in chapter 25 that uh, those five virgins said, Oh, Lord, Lord. So here we go. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Another harsh uh, statement there, because these people, they prophesied in God's name, they uh, performed, saw miracles happen, they pray, like many wonderful works. And uh, there's a warning even in Deuteronomy chapter 13. It says that uh, if someone come along uh, trying to lead a people away, to follow another way that God didn't say, and uh, they say that certain miraculous things will come to pass, and they do come to pass, he says don't follow them because it's different. You know, uh, so here's people uh, on the surface. You know, it was spirit-filled people. They called him Lord, Lord. Um, they saw miracles happen. They prophesied in his name. And so he's saying, look, there's a, a, an important difference that matters here. But this is what he says after what we uh, read in verse 15. So Matthew uh, chapter 7 and verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So here's, here's a key. I mean, uh, you can imagine an orchard uh, with hundreds of trees in rows. They all look the same. They all look the same on the outward. But it's by the fruit that they bear, whether it's good or bad, you can tell whether the tree is good or bad. And God's saying this as well, like with us, as we walk in God's ways, it's our fruit that people can tell. Uh, like, uh, yeah, the fruit of our lives that uh, you can tell whether the tree is good or bad. And uh, there's a, a, another great scripture that um, you may hear the reputation of someone. Um, they may, the reputation may be good, 
and then they arrive and spend time, and then that you can still tell by the fruit of them whether that reputation was right or wrong. Uh, so the fruit is an important aspect of what uh, what uh, is a sign of the difference that actually matters. You know, between those that call him Lord, Lord, but do not what he says. Um, that difference that matters, and the fruit comes from within. It doesn't matter what we look like. You know, we can all look, we all look like human beings, but uh, it's the fruit that we bear, just like the trees, uh, and the the fruit, whether it's good or bad, is what distinguishes truly uh, that difference that matters. Um, James chapter three, very important um, passage here. James chapter three. James chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 2. So that's James chapter 3 and verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. (laughs) Um, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Blimey, does anybody here, has anybody here ever not offended someone? (laughs) Uh, We're all guilty of it, aren't we? Oh my goodness, like we read these scriptures, you know, the consequences of, you know, calling him Lord, Lord, and then yet not doing what he says, and oh yeah, that's me, (laughs) you know, or not like like, uh, saying things and uh, wrong, you know, that's what we are. You know, we're people, we fall so far short of the glory of God. You know, yes, we've said things that have caused offence. Verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which, though they be so great, are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. So the tongue, an unruly member, like a tiny little rudder on a large ship, can guide it, and that's also the tongue. And, um, and it says, importantly, in verse 6, the tongue, uh, that it defileth the whole body. So we've got a body, a human being, and we've discovered, well, being through the fact that it doesn't matter what they look like, we don't care about that, but um, what defiles that body 
is what the tongue says, <laughs> what's inside. You know, that's the important thing. And then it says even in verse 9, with this tongue that we have, we bless God. You know, we praise him and glorify him and uh, worship him. We bless God, even the Father. And then we turn around and curse men <laughs> with anger, malice, all these things. That's the tongue. And what's, what's interesting, it says at the end of verse 10, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. So he's saying, look, that's not actually the way it should be. And it goes on further, like a well that has fresh water. Can you actually draw salt water out of it? Or one that's salt water, can you draw fresh water out of it? It doesn't actually happen in nature. Even trees, like a fig tree, does that bear grapes? You know, it doesn't happen. Or thorns and thistles. It doesn't happen. But in nature, and so it ought not to be that case. But the thing I want to reason I read this, it is the case. <laughs> uh, it's a fact. It's what happens. And, um, and God knows that. And how beautiful it is when we read this passage about how powerful the tongue is and how it can say beautiful things one minute and then straight away the next minute really horrible things, how beautiful it is that God has actually tamed our tongue. We speak in tongues. We uh, jabber away in a language that we don't understand. We jabber away in a language that God understands. You know, God has tamed this unruly evil. He has um, um, annulled the deadly poison. He's done something marvellous in our lives. So the spirit, we're saturated in the spirit. We keep the oil lifted up, uh, built up, and uh, we can have this wonderful thing coming out of us from within. And that's the difference that matters. And it can then flow on to our lives. And of course, we know uh, Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation. With this spotlight in our lives, we see it. We see what we do wrong. But don't condemn yourself. Start again. Refreshed, renewed. And uh, knowing that, hey, this thing that uh, is impossible to, to tame, this fire of hell, uh, the fire, the course of nature and uh, defiles the whole body. God's done it. God's done something wonderful in our lives within. Um, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 1. Matthew chapter 15 and Verse 1. Oh, yes, it is it. Matthew chapter 15, and uh, we'll start in verse 1. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, they are descendants of Abraham, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honour thy father and mother, and, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, like a gift to the temple, 
and whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honour not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoureth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Calls him Lord, Lord, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard his, this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. And uh, it's pretty clear what Jesus is saying there. And we understand from what we've read as well. You know, it's just backing up those things that proceed out of the mouth, uh, come from the heart. And the heart is what's within. Uh, it's, a, it's what other people see around you, what's actually going on in your heart. Um, and, um, uh, and then, so these people, as I read up to uh, verse 9, it's uh, referring to the scribes and the Pharisees who put on this outward display of uh, pretending like they're following God and God's commandments and uh, calling him Lord, Lord. And yet they, they twist the commandments around to their own advantage, you know, uh, to, as almost like a merchandise, like a, a wonderful commandment uh, that you're not to curse your father or mother, but they've given an avenue that uh, you can curse your father or mother if you end up giving money to the church or the temple, as they had back then. And so they're corrupting the things of God. These are outward things. That, sorry. That's an inward thing. It's coming from within them. Um, and then the explanation of not washing hands, they're making that important, which doesn't matter. It doesn't actually matter. It's not defiling a person. Um, it's what comes out of the person that defiles them. And just with that aspect of, we will read another one, but verse 13, it says, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath planted shall be... Sorry. Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. So we'll go to that, back to chapter 13 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24. We have a parable here. Matthew 13 and uh, verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, 
His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So this here, it's a type. You can imagine a field where good, like let's say wheat, is, is scattered in the field, and then as the wheat is growing, uh, there's other plants, like weeds growing amongst it, and uh, they all look the same when like, they're like that. But then like this, this tear apparently is a type of weed that looks similar to wheat right up to when it bears fruit or seed. And so it's what it's saying is like, oh, uh, if you look closely, you can see the tears in amongst them. But God doesn't want the tears to be pulled up uh, too soon in case we make a mistake or there's a mistake made and we accident and uh, one of the wheat is pulled up. But wait until the fruit is born and then you can see the difference. So in this field, the plants all look the same until the seed is gathered. And then that difference is uh, that divide is made from the sheep and the goats, that difference that matters. And... Um, And then it says, as backing up what we read before in chapter 15, that which is not planted by the Lord will be rooted up and, uh, and cast aside. But that which is planted by the Lord will be gathered, will be gathered to dwell with him forever. Okay? And that's us. Praise the Lord for that. To have this mindset and this conscience, if, we, if you love him, keep his commandments, keep following his ways and realising that it's the, the, the difference that matters is what's within us and the Lord's called everyone. It's open to everyone. The only prerequisite to be a part of the kingdom of God is that you're a human being. It doesn't matter what you look like because uh, Lord can change us within and change anybody within. Um, penultimate scripture, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Just one verse here, First John chapter 4 and verse 1. So First John chapter 4 and verse 1. It says here, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Just one verse. Okay? And we've made a bit of a reference to this, like in Deuteronomy chapter 13, and those that say the wrong thing or uh, try to get you to follow a different path to what's written down in the scriptures. And it's encouraging us to try the spirits. Now, you can't see a spirit, can you? You can't see it. So what's it mean? 
you know, try the spirits. And it does give that explanation at the end of the verse, that there are people that come up with different ideas. The world's full of different ideas. And, um, and people can present them so well as if it seems true, as if they've put it into practice themselves and gotten wonderful results. It can be that way. Um, so this is a difference also that matters. It's not a difference you can see, but the results are quite dramatic. And the Lord's encouraging us that when we hear or see things that, um, that appear right but aren't, just um, leave it be. And the best way to understand what is the right spirit, you know, in inverted commas, that uh, thing that we can't see, is to know what the true spirit is. And we've got this instruction manual here that teaches us to uh, recognise what's of God. So if we know this and we see something else that's contrary to that, we know that's wrong. But um, if we try to learn all sorts of stuff and try to understand all the different prophecies and all the different wisdoms of this world, you get confused. Just learn this. Learn what's in here. And then you know what's different. And you can grab hold of, or you can push that aside and continue to grab hold of what's true and right, uh, the true spirit that flows from the Holy Spirit, the spiritually inspired scriptures. That helps us to uh, be in tune with uh, what matters. Second Thessalonians chapter two to finish up on. Second Thessalonians chapter two. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, Deuteronomy 13, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast, hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. So there's a reason I chose this script to, f to finish up with. Like verse 17 says, look, comfort your hearts. You know, be confident and establish. You know, build your house on the rock. Be solid in every good word and work. You know, but God wants to give us comfort. He's given us the comforter. <laughs> so comfort your hearts. You know, be at peace that, yes, you are a child of the living God, 
You know, that, um, that indeed that's what matters. <laughs> that's the difference that matters. We are a child of the living God. You have that comfort there. And, um, and like verse 10 like, refers to the, those that deception and stuff that love not the truth. Now, the reason I read that is we love the truth. The truth is the word of God. We have a love for what's the truth. Sorry. <laughs> and, and that's what we have a love for. And God's called us to be that, that we might be saved and not believe a lie. So there's no room for fear. Yes, there's the potential that in moments of weakness to be drawn away to other ways, other paths and so forth, because it seems right. But not for us to be afraid of that. You know, grab hold of the truth that you that uh, you might be saved, that with sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, that's where we are, that we can comfort ourselves, comfort our hearts, uh, that we're established in every good word and work in the uh, kingdom of God. Okay, thank you.